we have three scriptures today. Our first one is in the book of Psalm, chapter 29, verses 7 through 11. The voice of the Lord flashes flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth and strips the woodlands bare. In his temple all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Our second scripture is from the book of Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and yet you come to me. Jesus answered him, Allow it for now, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Our third scripture is from Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 1 through 4. This is my servant, I strengthen him. This is my chosen one, I delight in him. I have put my spirit on him, he will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed. He will not put out a smoldering wick. He will faithfully bring justice. He will not grow weak or be discouraged until he has established justice on earth. The coasts and islands will wait for his instruction. This morning we're starting a new season as we continue uh, to track the church year. We've just finished um, Advent and the Christmas season and this new season is known as Epiphany. Uh, which traditionally is all about the manifestation or the revealing of Jesus first to the Magi or the wise men, then also through the baptism of, of Christ and then also through his first miracle. That's kind of the season that we find ourselves in, Epiphany. Everyone say that, Epiphany, one, two, three, Epiphany, okay? And uh, I've only just realized now that we've been following the Revised Common Lectionary now uh, for a year, and this is a way of reading through the Bible, which is followed by many church traditions uh, around the world. And we've been doing it for about 13 months now. We started in Advent 2021. We're now in Epiphany 2023. Um, and you can always find out where we are by, uh, by, going, by either Googling the Revised Common Lectionary or by going to this URL, uh, uh, lectionary.library.vanderbilt.edu. And uh, so we've just finished year C, that was what we finished in November, and now we're in year A, next year's going to be year B, and so on, year A, B, C. Um, and each year has a gospel focus, and last year's gospel focus was the gospel of Luke, and this year we're focusing on the gospel of Matthew. So the next year will be Mark, and then John is kind of woven through um, all of the years. So, what I'd like to do now is to start this morning with 75 seconds of quiet. 
Let me just get my timer ready. So, so first of all, I'd like you all to, you know, to get comfortable if you need to shift you around or to shuffle or to move, get comfortable so that uh, you, we can enjoy 75 seconds of quiet. I didn't say silence because we've got kids in here and we've got humans in here. So, uh, you know, not the kids aren't humans, but all of us make some uh, noise. Um, but uh, so what we're aiming for is 75 seconds of quiet. And that's starting now. That, might, that may have been the most quiet that you've had for a couple of months, maybe, especially if your Advent and you know, your Christmas season was rather busy. Now, I wonder, as you were sat there, I wonder how that time was for you. I wonder if you were a parent, maybe you were like, I hope my kid doesn't speak. I hope my kid doesn't say anything. If your kids weren't here, maybe you had a little nap. I don't know. Was it scary for you? Was it relaxing for you? Uh, was it, uh, I wonder what that experience was like, 75 seconds of, of quiet. And I wonder as you sat there in that quiet, I wonder what showed up without you asking for it into your mind space. I wonder what showed up. I wonder who showed up. I wonder what voice showed up in your mind space as you sat there in quiet. And this leads me to another question. I wonder what voice is living rent-free in your head as you go into 2023? This epiphany, our series title is New Year, Same Promises. And to start off this series that's focusing on the promises of God, I think it's really important that we train ourselves to hear and to really discern the voice that makes these promises, the voice of God, the voice of truth. But maybe before we start to identify and start to figure out what God's voice sounds like, uh, maybe you can identify the unwelcome voices that have taken up residence in your internal real estate. Voices that have been there for too long, Maybe they've been there for so long that they're claiming squatter's rights in your brain. 
On this website, protectyourboundaries.ca, squatters' rights are explained. Squatters' rights, also known as adverse possession in property law, generally refers to a situation where others who continuously use a portion of your land for a legally specified number of years in the absence of your objection to that use can potentially claim legal use to that portion of your property. So, in other words, if they're long enough and you don't say anything about it, then they can stay there. If someone lives on your property and you don't do anything about it, then eventually that person can claim your ground, your land, as their land. The, the website goes on. In Ontario, the law sets out a series of conditions for a claim of title by possession. This generally requires the squatter to be in open, notorious, and continuous possession of a section of the true owner's lands for at least 10 uninterrupted years. I wonder who's got open, notorious, and continuous possession of your mind. Listen to these words from, uh, from preacher and writer Joyce Mayer. She says this, in my book, Battlefield of the Mind, I write about John, a low-key type person. I think for Joyce Mayer, everyone's a low-key type person, right? But she writes about John, a low-key type person. She, this is what she says. He was a man who had been verbally abused by his mother and taunted by playmates in childhood. John was convinced that it didn't do any good to stand up to anyone he was going to lose anyway. He thought the only way to get along was to be quiet and accept whatever happened. John also believed another lie of the devil, that he wasn't truly loved by God. How could he be? He wasn't worth loving. And because he felt that way, he had believed the devil's lies. If the enemy of your mind can convince you that you're too bad or too worthless, he has set up a stronghold in your mind. He has claimed squatter's rights over your mind. In other words, words, these lies from Satan were living rent-free in John's head. They had claimed squatter's rights. And the only way for you to get this squatter out of your head is to fight fire with fire, is to fight lies with truth. And that's what we're going to do for a few minutes this morning as we start off our series, New Year, Same Promises. And we're starting this morning listening to the voice of God, the voice of truth. Friends, the only way that we can get the voice of the world or the voice of the flesh or the voice of the devil out of our heads is to squeeze it out by filling this space with truth. Casting Crowns worded it in this way, but the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. And the voice of truth says, this is for my glory out of all the voices calling out to me. I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. So this morning, we're going to be using three of our lectionary passages to help us listen to the voice of truth. We won't go deep because there's not a lot of time, but I hope that over these next few minutes that you can start to latch on to a word or a phrase that you can hold on to in faith and start evicting the enemy from your mind. Because if you're a child of God, Satan has no squatter's rights over you. If you're a child of God, then the lies of the enemy have no place in your life. So let's start off with our first lectionary passage, Psalm 29, that says this, starting at verse 7. 
says, the voice of the Lord flashes fire, flashes flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The voice, oh, the Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord makes the deer give birth. He strips the, the woodlands bare. In his temple, all cry glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned, king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with peace. What an incredible sentence. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with, with peace. Yep. Amen. That's awesome, eh? Good. So, uh, thank you, Norma. So, clearly, God is saying something. When you hear something twice from two very different sources, there's a good chance that God is saying something. Thank you for being obedient, Norma. Thank you for sharing that. So, hopefully, you're even more tuned in now and hearing what God wants to say to us. What uh, Psalm 27 shows us is that the voice of the Lord is power. The voice of the Lord is thunder and whirlwind. The voice of the Lord is power and might. When you hear the voice of the Lord, the instinctive response is to shout glory. Now, in the Bible, water often represents pre-creation chaos. Okay, it's just a big mess. Nothing makes sense. And here we see that God, the Lord, Yahweh, sits enthroned over the flood, over chaos. He is enthroned. He is king forever. And so, friends, if you have given over part of your life to the lies of the enemy, they, then I want you to hear these words. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. He sits enthroned over chaos. The Lord sits enthroned king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Whatever circumstances you're going through, God sits enthroned. And from this place of rule, Psalm 29 tells us that the Lord gives his people strength. He's there on his throne and he gives his people strength. He, and he blesses you with his peace in the middle of the chaos. Maybe the chaos hasn't changed. Maybe the chaos hasn't moved. Maybe it's still there, but he gives you strength and he gives you peace in the midst of the chaos. So let me encourage you that whatever you are going through, whatever chaos you're encountering, however overwhelmed you feel, however much that flood seems to not be receding, reach out to God and ask him for his strength. Ask him for his, his peace. And the second voice that we're going to listen to is the voice of the Father. That was the voice of Yahweh. This is the voice of the Father in our second lectionary reading, Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, that says this. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. I love the tone of voice that God the Father has as he expresses his pleasure over his Son. 
And right before this moment, note that the Holy Spirit has descended like a dove over Jesus as he rose up out of the water after being baptized. So in Psalm Psalm 29, we've just heard that God speaks power over the water that represents chaos. And now we have Jesus rising up out of the water to the blessing of the Spirit and the words of affirmation from the Father. This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And this is a powerful image because Jesus' baptism, it's a foreshadowing. It's a looking forward uh, towards the death that he will die in just a couple of years' time. He went down in the water and he rose up again and he will go down into the grave and he will rise up again. And the Father sees this and he's proud as punch because the son is carrying on the family business, as it were, of building bridges to humankind and bringing hope. And God, when he sees that in symbolism, says, I am well pleased. This is how things have to carry on. We're starting as we mean to go on. I'm well pleased. This is the voice of the father. So the voice of God that sits enthroned over chaos and death is now welcoming his son emerging symbolically from the flood of chaos and death. So what does the voice of the father tell us? It tells us that he and the son are in cahoots, that he and the son are thick as thieves along with the Holy Spirit in bringing about your hope and your salvation in triumphing over the grave. And we can live in that triumph through faith in Jesus Christ. What is Jesus's becomes ours as we place our faith in him. So we have the voice of Yahweh in Psalm 29 in the Old Testament, which is the voice of power and might, the voice of a glorious king who is poised, ready to give his people strength and peace. Then we have the voice of the Father in Matthew chapter 3 in the New Testament, which is the voice of pleasure and affirmation uh, from the Father as his son rises from the waters of baptism. The first clue that he will one day die and rise again for all of us. Next is the voice of the servant. Now, before I read this passage, let's deal with the question of identity. Who is the servant? Well, Various people have written various things. Maybe it's the people of Israel. Um, Maybe it's a a group of people in the people of Israel. Well, Matthew chapter 12, verse 15, I won't show it up on the screen, but Matthew chapter 12, verse 15 quotes um, what this passage that we're about to read, Isaiah 42, and it's in the context of Jesus's ministry. So it's pretty clear that The gospel writers think that the servant of Isaiah 42 is Jesus Christ. So having that in mind, that the servant is Jesus Christ, let's read our third lectionary passage, Isaiah 42, verses 1 to 4. This is my servant. I strengthen him. This is my chosen one. I delight in him. I have put my spirit on him. Interestingly, thinking back to that scene in the Jordan River. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed. He will not put out a smoldering wick. He will faithfully bring justice. So here is a servant of Yahweh. And remember that Yahweh is the voice of of power over the waters 
Waters of chaos. Here is, here is the servant of Yahweh, the servant of God, who is strengthened, who is chosen, in whom Yahweh delights, who has the spirit of Yahweh on him, this servant who will bring justice to the nations. Now, when I hear bringing justice to the nations, I think, yes, God's going to sort everyone out. He's going to make it right. He's going to make all of the wrongs right. He's going to fix everything. Those evil, wicked people, he's going to deal with them. And that's true, right? We read that in the Bible over and over and over and over again. But wait, what we see here, instead of that, is we read in verse 2, he will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed and he will not put out a smoldering wick he will faithfully bring justice. I remember when I was on the Logos 2 ship in 2001, I was uh, a missionary serving God overseas. I was going in the name of God to all nations, right? Triumph and might, and I was an expert, I was a missionary, I was a sent one. But I was also a fearful, stammering, 20-something who didn't know if he believed in God anymore. That's what you see here. Bit ironic. I think maybe we can say that God really knows how to pick them. But in the midst of this season of deep doubt and deep self-hatred because of my stutter, I hated myself. I hated myself. I hated myself. But in that season of profound questioning and deep self-hatred, and deep doubt. I remember this passage in Isaiah 42 becoming precious to me. And I think it was Wendy who actually gave it to me in that time. And that passage became a lifeline to me. The servant of Yahweh who will bring justice will do it in such a way that it spoke to my deeply introverted self at that moment in time. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed and he will not put out a smoldering wick. He will faithfully bring justice. And at that time, I still remember, I feel it like it was yesterday. I felt like a bruised reed. I felt like a smoldering wick. My fire of faith was barely registering. You know that moment when the candle is about to go out and you're desperately trying to keep it alive? What do you do? Do you... No, you don't. You gently blow. You gently try to tease that wick out of the wax so that it can catch a light again. And that's what Jesus does with the bruised souls. He he tends the bruised soul. He straightens it and he gently, ever so gently, splints it. And this voice of the servant coaxed me back to life. The voice of Jesus had the perfect intonation to draw me out of the shadows of fear and self-preservation. And it brought hope into my flickering faith. And it brought hope into my smoldering soul. And it brought hope into my bruised ego. I'm so grateful for the voice of the servant. Erin Keyes words it like this, There God's voice, which contains the power to shake the wilderness, Psalm 29 verse 8, commissions a servant who will not break a bruised reed or quench a dimly burning wick. 
Isn't that incredible? That our God who shouts triumphantly over the waters of chaos also whispers words of healing into the troubled heart. So whenever I hear the voice of the enemy trying to cow me into submission, trying to extinguish me or to break me, the voice of the servant speaks. And it may be quiet, but it's powerful and it's insistent and it never stops. He keeps speaking. The question is, have you quietened yourself enough to hear him over the voice of chaos and the voice of the enemy? I choose to listen to the voice of truth. The final voice that we're going to hear from is the voice of Jesus. So we've heard the Old Testament voice of Yahweh. We've heard the New Testament voice of the Father. We've heard the Old Testament voice of the servant. And now we're going to hear the New Testament voice of Jesus. And let me just say this. And I hope that what you realize is that what we're seeing here is the power of the lectionary, right? Rather than just focusing on one passage, what we're seeing is a tapestry of God's revelation emerge as we compare and contrast these passages with each other. So, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. When Jesus was baptized, he went up immediately from the water. The heavens suddenly opened for him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming down on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We've already read this. But right before this are a couple of verses that I want us to focus on now. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. But John tried to stop him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and you, you come to me? Jesus answered him, allow it for now, because this is a way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Latch on to those words. This is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then John allowed him to be baptized. You know, can you imagine allowing Jesus to... You know, to do anything at all. You know, you say, okay, Jesus, you can go ahead and do it, right? But that's what John does here. And in short, what we see here is Jesus needing to identify with us before suffering for us. First, he, he identifies with us. Secondly, he suffers for us. Now, these are the first recorded words of Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew. Allow me to be baptized, because this is the way for us to fulfill all righteousness. Now, righteousness, in understanding what God, or what Matthew here, or what Jesus means by righteousness, I find Stanley Saunders' words particularly helpful, because when you hear the word righteousness, you have something in your mind. When I hear the word righteousness, we have something, or I have something in my mind. But here's what Stanley Saunders says. Whereas modern audiences may think of righteousness primarily in terms of individual moral conduct, that's what I think of, in Matthew, righteousness is focused on restoration and relationships made whole. To be sure, fulfilling the commandments is part of this righteousness, but they too are aimed ultimately at the realization of God's intentions for the redemption and reconciliation of the whole creation. So looked at through this lens, Jesus being baptized was the first step in bringing redemption and reconciliation between God and humanity. The first step in restoring the rift between a perfect God and sinful humans. Now this journey would end up at the cross, 
but it began here with Jesus, the perfect Son of God, identifying with us as sinful humans through the act of baptism. This is what fulfilling all righteousness means. In, in, in being baptized, it's a bit like Jesus broke into our jail cell so that he could be with us. And then later in his death and resurrection, he broke out of that jail cell, leading the way as we follow him into freedom. Now this morning we've heard four incredible and compelling voices. Voices that have the power to evict the voices of Satan or self that have taken up residence in many of our minds. We have the powerful voice of Yahweh that speaks peace and strength into chaos. We have the affirming voice of the Father who commissions his Son to be our Redeemer and Savior. We have the gentle voice of the servant who brings justice through gentleness and kindness and care, who protects the vulnerable and who nurtures the fragile. And we have the confident voice of Jesus who enters into the arena of humanity through baptism so that he can then bring us into the kingdom of God through the cross. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I have just presented to you four voices that are worth listening to. The powerful voice of Yahweh, the affirming voice of the Father, the gentle voice of the servant, and the confident voice of Jesus. And so if you're in chaos, maybe maybe that's you, is that you feel that you're drowning in chaos this morning, then I invite you to allow the voice of Yahweh to speak strength and peace into your life. And if you're in doubt, then I invite you to listen to the voice of the Father as he affirms Jesus, as he commissions Jesus, because through Jesus you can accept God's words to Jesus for yourself. You can hear God say to you, this is my beloved son, this is my beloved daughter. And if you're hurt or wounded, then allow the voice of the servant to bind you up to apply salve to you, to bring healing into your life. And if you're in sin, then allow the voice of Jesus to remind you that he has fulfilled all righteousness on your behalf, and you just need to live through repentance and faith in the reality that he's already created for you. Through sincere repentance, through simple faith, Jesus' righteousness is yours. He's fulfilled all righteousness, and then he hands it to you in in repentance and faith. And these four voices can evict whatever voices are claiming squatters' rights in your head. But you need to listen to them. And the only way to listen to them is to open up the Bible and read it. Read it out loud. Speak it over yourself. Don't just read it in your mind, but read it out loud. And as you speak it out loud, listen to it, receive it as yours. We're in a new year. And in this new year, we don't need new promises. We need to hear the same old promises from the same old voices, the voice of Yahweh, the voice of the Father, the voice of the servant, and the voice of Jesus. So, let's close out our time like we started it, with a time of quiet. And after this time, then the worship team will come up and lead us in our last worship song. But first, let's take these 75 seconds of listening to the voice of God, of resting in his truth, resting in his presence. So get comfortable.
because our 75 seconds starts now. Amen.